Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in our new sponsor, Middle Kingdom Wrestling. Were you excited to see some Chinese pro wrestling when AEW announced that they would be featuring Chinese wrestlers on their program? You can now watch Chinese pro wrestling right now by checking out Middle Kingdom Wrestling, a.k.a. MKW. MKW is the top pro wrestling organization in China today. They are a unique pro wrestling company with Chinese characteristics. MKW has showcased, developed, and promoted wrestling in other countries such as Nepal, Vietnam, Thailand, South Korea, and more with particular focus on countries that are part of China's One Belt, One Road initiative. MKW's live broadcasts in Japan consistently attract millions of fans even often reaching 10 million concurrent viewers. Besides checking out MKW on YouTube and subscribing to MKW, you can also purchase the first ever international wrestling merchandise from Middle Kingdom Wrestling on ProWrestlingTees.com. It says in Chinese, don't lay flat, get up and wrestle. This is a great, great art piece on the shirt. It's funny. It's positive. Best of all, it promotes wrestling and the Chinese culture. So take the call to action from MKW. Don't lay flat. Get up and wrestle. Middle Kingdom Wrestling. Please welcome in our new sponsor, Title Match Wrestling and Title Match Network. Go to TitleMatchNetwork.com to save 20% off all memberships with the coupon code SAVE20 now. That's S-A-V-E-2-0 N-O-W SAVE20 now. Members get access to every pay-per-view of the year plus all VOD titles on site. It is one of the biggest collections of women's wrestling content on the planet. Featuring hundreds of exclusive live streams every year a near-endless amount of pay-per-views, shoot interviews, documentaries, and more. Multiple 24-7 channels with zero commercials. Massive amount of original programming here, plus plus upcoming IPPVs for this month, only available on Title Match, Thunder Rosa's Mission Pro Wrestling, Circle 6 Live in Las Vegas, Battle Pro in Brooklyn, all new this month, plus the latest installment of the hit series with Greg the Hammer Valentine. The Title Match Network is the perfect gift for the wrestling fan. Test out their content for free on YouTube. Just go to Title Match Network and you'll see that they have over 2 million subscribers. And of course, they're one of the largest independent wrestling channels in the world. Get exclusive access. Sign up today at TitleMatchNetwork.com. That is TitleMatchNetwork.com and use that coupon code save 
now. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Monica, Monica PA. Yes, yes, that makes uh, that makes yes. sense. I loved how it looked um, uh, on television, like the. It looked like an igloo. Know, of course, it's a dome, but you know, uh, just like that look, and it, it always looked packed. Yes, yes, and they did a great job, uh, Shane and the crew, with selling that place out. But this is episode one hundred. We are here at the business of the business podcast. I am your co-host JP John Posh from the Two Man Power Trip. Of course, joining me is Mister Trump Mania himself, Mister Wizard himself, Mister Lavi Margo. Lavi, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. And for our astute la- listeners, you probably already recognize our special guest here for the fourth time. But just very briefly, um, just uh, John, give yourself a Barry Horowitz pat on the back. I'll give myself the same as we're now in episode 100. Uh, a very special um, evening here tonight. And um, I reached out to John. I was like, there's just one guest we can have if he's available. He's been uh, Japan, uh, Mexico. The UK, I was trying to find like a weekend that would fit, and uh, he's really uh, making it work for us. For the fourth time, he's helped really to build us and our presence. We welcome Brett Lauderdale of GCW. Hello, how are you? And congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank you so much, Brett. You really uh, helped to uh, to put the spotlight on us by really trusting us early on and uh, and coming back. It's something that we'll we'll always remember. Yes, well, I'm a big fan, so I'm happy to see you guys enjoying success. Awesome. Let me throw it to John, and then I'll, I'll be back with some questions after that. Okay. Speaking about success, each week on the show, we're always talking about game changers. So, what was it like? As far as like Mexico, Triple Mania, what was going on? Because, man, we mentioned Japan, the U.S., but Mexico, hot market down there. So what was it like down there for uh, Triple Mania and what's going on down there in Mexico? Well, Mexico is crazy. Um, it is um, – it's obviously a much different ball game down there than it, uh, for wrestling than it is here in the States in every way possible. Um, but um, I always enjoy going there. And it's fun seeing our guys in those elements and just seeing how they, um, you know, how they fit in. Um, but, um, yeah, so Triple Mania was cool. Um, and um, when we first made plans to actually go to Triple Mania, we were really just planning to go just to kind of watch the show. And as we got closer and we were in contact with um, some of the people from AAA, um some of the plans changed and they continue to change right up into the afternoon of the event, which as you may have seen, I'm assuming you saw 
um, the night actually ended with people from uh, some of our guys um, beating the shit out of Vikingo at his um, post-show press conference. So we'll see where that takes us. Man, I I don't know how the hell I missed that. That's awesome because to me, call me crazy, Vikingo might be the best guy in the world right now. Might be well, one he's or definitely one he's definitely up there, and he's essentially he's he's about to be. He's really the number one free agent in wrestling, in my opinion, right now. Or he's about to be any day as soon as his visa goes through. Um, and um, yes, so I mean, there's a whole backstory to our connection to Vikingo as well. I can't really tell you the story now, but I'll be able to tell it one day. Um, but it's it's pretty cool. I don't know if you can hear my cat. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Quiet, please. No can you hear that? Yeah, she's loud. Wow. Damn. Yes, very loud. <laughs> um, but yes, Vikingo, tops top star in Mexico for sure, and about to be one of the highly most sought after free agents in wrestling. Man, he is amazing. So, anything closer as far as you guys in AAA? Um, I mean, we've always had like uh, we we don't have any kind of like formal relationship, but we have we're on like good terms. You know, we've used their talent for years now, and um, they've always been um, you know professional and easy to work with, and um, we love them. You know, we love lucha at GCW and AAA's obviously is the the lucha leader um, in the world. So um, if you wanna if you wanna do lucha. Um, you want to do Lucha really good, then you have to, um, you know, you're going to be working with AAA talent one way or the other. Were you guys using Commander a lot, like in a bunch of their guys? If I remember, yes, we were the first company. Yeah, we were the first company in the United States to use Commander. We were the first ones to use Toxin and Latigo, who are about to, um, who are rising stars in AAA. Um, and we use, um, you know, Psycho Clown and Drago Kid and, Pagano and every, I mean, we've had them all, you know, at, at some point. Love those guys. I feel like mm-hmm. it's almost like WCW again. You know what I mean? Like when they bring sure. in the, the Lucha, that's kind of the feeling you get. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, for sure. They're definitely, they're, they're different, you know, they're different and they provide um, a, a unique, you know, skill as compared to your traditional American indie wrestling show. So that's one of the things that sets GCW apart. When you think about the relationship with like maybe Conan or AAA, like how did that initially develop? I mean, are they contacting you, you contacting them? Um, Well, I mean, we have, again, there's no, there is no, you know, official thing other than, you know, we're on good terms and we've spoken. Um, But it's just, again, it's just, it's just through years of doing small bits of good business over and over again, if that makes sense. You know, there's just a level of trust and, and whatnot, you know, like um, if it comes down to having to, you know, have somebody put in the word or get us ahead of the line to get certain people on certain dates, you know, they know that if their talents coming to GCW, it's going to be, you know, worth the time and, and whatnot and worth sending them to us. So, um, you know, again, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's a relationship that was built over, the, over, over time. Anybody else besides Vikingo? I mean, he's the top of the mountain, really, to me, anyway. But anybody else besides mm-hmm. him you got your eye on? Um, They have, you know, there's a few people who are about to be getting visas. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn or say anything before anything's official. And I don't want to jinx anything either. So, 
Um, I mean, there's probably going to be a few more people behind him, but, um, I mean, one thing I've learned over the years is when it comes to the visa process and starting to make plans before it's official is, uh, you know, it's don't make plans until it's official because anything can happen when it, when it comes to, um, visas. Do you have to work with our buddy, Kevin Kleinrock on, on getting their visas? I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't. I am not an official part of their process, but yes. Um, I mean, you know, I've obviously spoken to him and his crew before. And of course I've always offered to help in any way I can. And, um, we're in communication and, you know, they know that, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, that we're, um, ready to, um, you know, any the people that they, that they help out were, we're the other side of helping them out and that's booking them. So let's talk domestically, if we could. What is mm-hmm. kind of the the big news coming out of Homecoming? Like, how do or how do you feel about the big news coming out of Homecoming? I mean, a huge show. You guys knocked it out of the park. What are your thoughts on GCW Homecoming? Are you talking about Homecoming or Fight Club Weekend, the one that just happened, or are you talking about the summer events? No, no, no. The the one that, that well, really wanted to do the summer and then talk about this weekend. Well, I mean, both both weekends, honestly, our entire summer at the showboat uh, uh, and up until um, Fight Club weekend um, was was big, as always. That's like our busy season in Atlantic City. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons, they all they were all very successful um, this year. And um, yeah, I mean, people just look forward to all those weekends, you know, including and especially homecoming weekend. And at the showboat it's become uh i think in a lot of ways it's become a destination um event or a destination venue for a lot of indie wrestling fans and a lot of people you know people outside of the hardcores that go to every show it's the the showboat is a place where i see a lot of people um once or twice a year and it's because they just like going there with the change of venue was that because there was more tickets sold and you guys wanted to be able to get more people in there no what happened was um the showboat just actually underwent a recent change in some of the management. And I think when, when they were in the process of sort of, um, you know, handing over the schedules and the calendars and whatnot, um, they, they double booked the carousel room for Saturday night and didn't find out until, until it was too late to change our date. Um, so yeah, I mean, we just we had to we had to figure out, and this you know we we tried many things and we weighed many options right up until about two weeks before the show, and we decided the best place to put it is going to be right out on the pier. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it was an un- it's unfortunate that we had to move it, but it actually turned out very cool, and um, I'm actually glad. You know, I'm almost kind of glad that that it worked out the way it did. Well, so they had management changes from homecoming weekend back in august to fight club weekend that was between the two weekends yes there was a change there was some change because we kind of speculated here like yeah they probably sold more tickets you know i mean they probably had more people going they got to be able to fit everybody in yeah no i mean it was a good it was a good draw either way um but that had nothing to do with it so what do you think about Nick Gage? Obviously, it was his career. It was a death mm-hmm. match you know, versus the title. What do you think? I mean, that's, that's your guy. He's he's the, the new champ. Moxley, yeah. uh, it, Moxley's dethroned. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was big. Um, and to be honest, I, I wasn't sure if this was the end of the road for Nick or not. I know it sounds crazy to hear me say that, but um, I knew, yeah, I mean, 
it was um big implications and i was right there with it not you know not sure you know for a lot for most of the way not sure what was going to happen um and yeah i mean it was significant and it was it was cool uh in that um you know uh i think it gave Nick motivation really to make sure that he was at the top of his game or as close to the top of his game as he could get. He was coming off some pretty tough nagging injuries and just um, he needed some time to um, kind of prepare. And he put himself through, as he called it, boot camp for almost five months preparing for this match. So it was cool to see Nick really get into the zone and, um, really, really prepare for the match as if it could be his last, which, like I said, he wasn't even sure he, it could be his his last. So he wanted to make sure that he was going to be prepared, and it was fun watching him prepare. I don't know, like a, as a fan or, you know, somebody outside looking in, I really thought for whatever reason, thinking because Moxley's AEW champion at this point, mm-hmm. and, and with all the videos, I was like, man, I think Nick Gage is retiring. So, you know, got me hook, line, and sinker. I really thought he was going to lose. Yeah, no, everything was on the table, and you know it makes sense because, you know, we like to think that Nick is um, indestructible, and you know sometimes he doesn't seem human, but he's very human, and doing what he's done for twenty plus years um, does take a real toll on on the body, and eventually, you know, there there will come a day where he can't do this anymore. So, you know, I, I don't. I mean, we've, we're fortunate to find out that. Um, a couple weeks ago was not that day, but at the same time, we know that that day will come sooner than later. So it's important, I think, for all of us to enjoy seeing Nick Russell while we still can. And and um, you know, it's um, we're just we're kind of lucky to see um, you know, for each each match we get, we're we're lucky. So um, and I try to um, I try to remind myself of that too. You know, in every match that he has, we try to make it a big deal. With him, obviously, he's the face of the company. I know you mm-hmm. guys did the lifetime contract. Is he really? I mean, is he, he's going to do other things, maybe behind the scenes once he retires. Like, what? What's his role, or what do you see? Him um, doing? sure. I mean, I think with Nick, it's you know, it, there's a lot of things uh, that Nick is valuable in ways that are more than just being in the ring. Um, you know, he's um, he's he's a locker room leader, and he's um. You know, he's somebody that he's a non-traditional and a lot of he's like a non-traditional coach in a lot of ways, if that makes sense. You know, um, he's not the type of person who's going to give you, um, you know, he's not going to be a producer in the sense that he's going to help people put together their matches from start to finish. But he will go and help you get prepared for your matches and he will fire you up and he will motivate you in ways that um, sometimes are even more valuable than, you know, the role of a, a producer. Um, and a lot of guys just love that about him. You know, like he's literally a difference maker in the locker room. Um, you know, aside from that, um, he is the face of the company outside of even wrestling. He is, you know, um, and, and I mean that, you know, he's an ambassador in a lot of ways. You know, even he's he goes, I mean, as we've seen, he can go months without actually wrestling on a show, but just being there is a big deal. You know, he'll cut the promo that opens the show and fires people up and then, a lot of the times um, when we go off the air, he'll come back out and close the night and thank everybody for coming, which people love again. Um, it's one of those things that um, it's really fun to watch him do that. And cause you get, you know uh, you get a really, you get to see a real genuine side of him when he does that. Um, I'm referring to, you know, when we're off the air, but and seeing how fans just kind of eat it up and he interacts with them. Um, 
you know, off uh, knowing that, you know, we're outside of um, the show itself. It's just cool to see. And yeah, but it's uh, Nick has value beyond. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. An active wrestler. Um, and, you know, financially and, and you know, um, bottom line speaking, I mean, he will always be uh, good at selling merchandise, you know, whether he's wrestling or not. He's like Hulk Hogan of the Indies in that people are going to be buying MDK shirts from you know, here to eternity is, as long as his, uh, as long as he's around, you know? Um, so yeah, that was a long answer, but I hope that made sense. Yeah, absolutely. How did the show do it just as far as I know, obviously it was packed at the pier, but how did mm-hmm. it do as far as fight TV, uh, good numbers as far as pay-per-view? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, definitely in our, you know, in our top probably 10% of shows ever for sure. With that though, 399 400 days as gcw world champion just reflect back on the contributions john moxley made as champion because that's a pretty long run for you know like an indie title quote unquote of Mm -hmm. a guy that's on tv i mean that's a big run yes um yeah it was and one thing about mox's run um you know i know there were a lot of people that wish that he could have been at every show but we have to you know be realistic here this guy is one of the top stars of a weekly television wrestling company and he's not going to be able to make every show he has commitments you know real life commitments and professional commitments that extend beyond gcw um so my you know in my you know as i saw it i loved him being champion for that entire time because it made it seem extra special every time he would come and every time he would have a match uh put the title on the line to me it seemed like a bigger deal than had he been there um you know every week or every show or you know once a month um but yes uh it was also significant obviously having him for obvious reasons he's one of the biggest stars in the world so to see him wearing our title belt and wearing gcw sweatshirts on tv and um you know doing crazy matches for us when he doesn't have to do them it obviously is a big deal for gcw and it opens eyes it opens uh it takes us beyond the indie wrestling bubble um, and introduces new fans to us that would never otherwise know what GCW is. And furthermore, I mean, um, when other wrestlers, AEW wrestlers, or or just top name international talent, or even just top indie wrestlers, when they see Moxley willing to come and do GCW, uh, knowing that the guy doesn't need the money, it's not about a payday, you know, and they see that he does it because he wants to be there. Obviously, it helps GCW's credibility and helps our reputation amongst wrestlers and inside the business. So 
Mox, again, his his contributions to GCW also extended beyond the ring. With Moxley, did you know about the AEW announcement that Moxley was signing in advance of the show, or you had no idea? Had no idea. Interesting. So does that mean, and, and we, it's funny, uh, mutual friend, Keith Elliott Greenberg, we were saying to him, I wonder if that means Moxley can't go back to uh, GCW now that he signed, and supposedly, according to the internet, that he can't do outside shows. Is, the, is that true? Will Moxley be back anytime soon, or is that just, you know, maybe internet hearsay? Um, well, again, I've, I've had such little, I've had very little interaction with AEW itself over the years and, um, booking Moxley, I never spoke to AEW. So it always was just Mox, um, talking to him and him, I guess, handling whatever needed to be handled with AEW. But, um, I, yeah, I'm sure things are going to change now. I don't think we'll see him as frequently, but I, I do think we'll see him again. I think if there comes a time where there's somebody he wants to wrestle or a show he wants to be a part of, um, I think he'll be there. I think he'll let me know in much the same way that he's let me know over the last, whatever it was, 399 days, you know, he'll shoot me a text and say, you know, what do you got coming up in this month or where you, when are you going to be in this place? And, you know, that's how it would often come together. So, I wouldn't be surprised if I hear from him again in a few months or six months or whatever, sometime in the next year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he comes back again and, and stops in and for another event. But, you know, I mean, again, he does have priorities and I don't expect it or rather, uh, or rather, um, I, I don't know what the word is. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but, um, and I'll continue to look at it as a bonus anytime he comes around. I love that he's like messaging you like he's loving GCW. He, he, he does. Wants in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, he's not doing it for the money. This guy does not need money from indie wrestling companies and I can't pay him the amount of money. Um, you know, I can't pay him anything close to what he probably gets paid on a weekly basis basis from AEW. So, uh, nor would he ever expect that or ask, ask for that. He's just here because this is, there's a side of him that still loves indie wrestling. You know, that's where he came from. And, um, it's part of his personality, you know, and um, I think that, yeah, you know, there's a reason why he has done so many shows for us and why he felt, um, you know, uh, and was cool with being our champion for over a year. And that's because I think he respects us and what we do and what we stand for. So, you know, again, Mox is a guy who um, even with this new contract, I still think he has the ability to call a lot of his own shots. And if he were to ever ask for a favor or ask for permission for something, I don't see why. I mean, I can't see Tony Khan saying, uh, you know, no forever. You know, I think there, there may, there's always a time and a place or a reason that could make sense. So we'll see. Any sort of relationship with AEW, though? Like you said, you didn't really talk to them, communicate any sort of relationship there? Um. I don't know. I'll be honest. The real honest answer is I don't know what our relationship is with AEW. And I don't mean that in a bad way or a good way. But um, again, I don't, I have very little direct interaction with AEW. Um, so um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like uh, in terms of there being, um, you know, people rest AEW people being, being uh, banned or barred from wrestling for GCW for GCW. I'm not sure that's such a, edict exists and uh i would think that if that was a rule i would think i would know but again they don't they don't you know 
they don't send me a day a weekly email or an update so i'm not sure everything's just kind of on a case by case basis so um we'll see i mean i'm i think that we're very fortunate i'm very grateful for um all the um all the times that they have been gracious to allow their talent to come and work for us and um you know even if it is the end even if there is that we you know even if we're uh not going to be seeing any of their people around anymore you know it's it's been good while it lasted and it's helped our company a lot and um and i'm yeah and i'm thankful and grateful for that man the internet might be wrong that's crazy they were never wrong i have to tell you i've seen some there was so many tweets um you know different websites reporting this and that about moxley or AEW. And I see all the comments and there's just some absolutely insane, crazy things of so many people who think they know the story and how it went, how this went down or that went down in regards to Moxley or AEW or Tony Khan and GCW. And it's just like, uh, like just outrageous, you know, comments and opinions from people and that are so far off. And I think that it's just, it's crazy because the, the story, the, the real truth again is just so it's, it's um it's so far it, it is just like i said you know people think that there's like some dramatic you know like negotiation period or like you know um or or like or even suggesting that you know mox is somehow doing something he doesn't want to do you know when he's with us when they really don't realize no like the literal beginning of end of moxley in gcw is just him texting you know at two in the morning or whatever asking if you know, we, we have a show in this place or this date anytime soon. And him just saying like, okay, cool. I want to come and do this or that. Like, that's literally the end of it. There is no talking to talent relations. There is no talking to Tony Khan. There is no talking to an agent. There is no this or that. It's Moxley shows up and he wrestles the match and then he goes home. That's what it comes down to. There is no, there's not much more to it. There's no you know, seeking permission or getting rules or guidelines. It's just that simple. And I think a lot of people can't imagine that that could be the case. I love reading Twitter and some people like swear, like, no, Moxley's not allowed to lose in GCW because the AEW champion and then he loses. And then like, where are they after that? They don't make a a tweet. (laughs) Yeah. You don't hear from them, but it's funny. It's like, how is that possible? If he literally just lost in the cage, like people just make up the craziest stuff. It is. And, I, you know, it's, sometimes it gets frustrating. I mean, because a lot of people, of course, a lot of these people have very negative feelings and opinions towards GCW and they say things that are, you know, um, I mean, you know, people and, and people that wish, you know, ill on our company too, you know, that, that think very low of us. Um, and of course, so many of them obviously have never even seen a show. They just go by, you know, what maybe Jim Cornette has said or what this, re- this, uh, you know, internet personality has said people who actually have literally never seen a GCW show or don't know what it's about, who have all these opinions on it. But, um, obviously some, like some of that gets frustrating, but then at the same time, I have to remind myself, like in a lot of ways, this means we made it, you know, people used to say the same stuff about ECW or, you know, other companies along the way where once, if we're able to, if, if, if we've reached these people who don't, who literally, who don't actually know anything about GCW, but know who we are, that means that we have like broken out of this bubble that is so hard to get out of. And people, you know, we have a reputation that's known by probably at this point, there's gotta be, I mean, we have to be as mainstream known as any indie wrestling company, you know, in the last however many years, you know, not since uh, I would think, you know, ring of honor or PWG has there been one that's more known 
outside of the indie bubble. So I'm going to pass it over to Lobby. One more just quick question. Wisconsin Death Trip, obviously. You guys got uh, some shows coming up. Are you a Static X fan? Is that is that the... Uh, the... No. Uh, uh. So that the name of that um, and the whole story behind that show, actually, um, Milwaukee was the first ever road show that GCW did. Uh, and it was... Um, we did that. Um, the first one we did there in Milwaukee, at the, it's at the same venue, by the way, um, with this tiny bar in Milwaukee. Um, it was Danny Havoc's, um, rest in peace, Danny Havoc's final GCW show at the time. Um, and he chose the name. It was Danny Havoc's Wisconsin Death Trip. That was his, his choice, um, which I think was based off you know, static X or whatever, but that was, you know, what he wanted to call the show. Um, so yeah, so we're really just running it back, um, you know, without using the, the Danny Havoc name this time. Um, but, um, yeah, this show is really just like, uh, this is a, this is a throwback style show. This, this show is for fun. Um, I sold 100 tickets sold out in whatever the first couple, the first day or the second day, I don't remember, but, um, this is a show that just kind of puts us back in our roots and reminds us where we came from. And um, it's something special for the fans that will be able to be there in attendance and see GCW in such a small, intimate setting. And for the people that have been to this venue, they know how real, how actually small and intimate this place really is and how much of a throwback it is. Very cool. Lavi, what do you got? Yes. So, um, but of course, whenever I've come out with my like top 10 quarterly attendance lists, um, I know mm-hmm. you've seen them and sometimes DM me and said, oh, you missed um, this one at the carousel room. It was a thousand or eleven hundred, whatever the number might be. So uh, the attendance at the pier, do we have, um, you know, a breakthrough for the quarter? How does it compare? No, to, I, and like, I don't have an official get? number, but I, I want to say it was somewhere between a thousand and eleven hundred, somewhere in that region. Awesome. So just a curiosity question out of me before we move on from Atlantic City. Um, has uh, certainly John Moxley's wife, Renee Paquette, has she, uh, was she backstage at the show? Had she had a chance to see his, uh, any of the shows that he had uh, a run on as champion? She wasn't at this one, but she had been, uh, she came to... Jeez, I want to say she was at one of the Las Vegas shows. Yeah, I think she came to one of our sh- the GCW shows in Las Vegas that Mox was a part of. Um, and then she was actually, this is actually, a, a, I guess I could, it's probably okay for me to tell the story, but she was going to come to the, well, actually, she did come. Well, okay, so she was going to come and attend the GCW events at the collective in Indianapolis um, during COVID. And I actually bought her a flight uh, to come. And then like uh, a few days before Mox actually called me and said, Hey, I just found out that uh, my wife is pregnant. So she's going to come to Indianapolis, but she's not coming to the shows. Um, So that was, that was, uh, that's like a weird, like um, cool little piece of GCW Mox history. No, that that is very interesting. And speaking, actually, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have to think I I was probably one of the first people to find out that Renee Young was or Renee Paquette was pregnant. So speaking of exclusives, I think um, last time you were on the show for the first time, you had mentioned working on the GCW um, 
you know, I don't know if you would term it VOD or, or streaming service. So want to see how those coming along. And also, you know, our audience, we, we like a lot of technicalities. How does that work? Like, um, do you seek out a vendor who will build the infrastructure for you and sort of who will handle customer mm -hmm. service or like a lot of it you'll handle like internally? Sure. So, um, okay. So first of all, first and foremost, there's going to be an announcement coming um, sometime between now and November 1st on the future of GCW's streaming and where you can watch and how you can watch GCW events. It's going to be an announcement that fans are going to be very happy about. It's going to be something that people have basically been asking for. Um, and it's going to be something that's going to make it a, a lot easier for GCW fans to not just watch GCW, but to, to watch every show. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm happy and excited to be able to, to make that announcement and to make GCW more accessible. Um, you know, so, um, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm, I'm not allowed to until the announcement is made, but I will tell you a little bit about the process because this has been an ongoing process for over a year now. Um, uh, this, and we've had so many options on the table, um, and everything we've explored everything. Um, from uh, following um, models that are already in place um, for individual streaming networks to creating our own, uh, like from scratch. And this includes, you know, this, and, and I, had, I did have meetings with literal developers, multiple in different places, um, talking to people who have built networks for uh, other companies, not uh, out, outside of wrestling. Um, just hearing how um, they they build these and put them together and um, hearing you know how much work and how much it actually costs to build these things, which I learned they're actually very expensive. It's not as simple as you know just creating a website and uploading a uh, you know a, a file of a wrestling show. Actually, there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, and we've, uh, yeah, I mean, we've looked at every option. We've weighed every option. We've looked at the numbers on what, you know, everything, uh, on what all those options and those numbers would mean and what they could mean, um, before coming to our conclusion. And, um, uh, ultimately I think that the, the route we're taking is the one that makes the most sense for us and will be the easiest transition for our fans. So, um, I am, again, I'm very excited for this and I think it's great. For, it, it's great for the fans and it's also great for GCW. And if I was not sure that this was going to be great for GCW, I wouldn't be doing it because, um, this is, this is a, um, this is a game changer in, in how, and how people will view GCW and how it will be streamed. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's big, it's a big difference in going from a literal, every show is a pay-per-view model to what we're going to be doing. So, um, without the, the circumstances in place, I wouldn't be doing this. And I, we're very fortunate. This is a great, uh, a great, uh, opportunity for GCW and, um, we'll see. I'm just, uh, I'll be able to talk more about it very soon and I'll be happy to come back and talk about it once the announcement is made. Uh, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's Soon. awesome. Yes, thank you, Brett. And um, I'm sure it'll uh, uh, lead off an upcoming episode, and we'd love to to talk with yeah. you about that further. I have and I think, few- uh, and sorry, let me just say this too. I think, um, I think that this announcement. Um, furthermore, I think that it's going to be beneficial for others in the indie wrestling world. And I think it could, I think we could see a shift in other people, um, doing, uh, uh, let me say this. It could, it could potentially lead to a shift in how other companies shows are streamed as well. I'll say it like that. So, um, I have a few questions related to streaming. So if, if anything Mm -hmm. is over, you know, feel free to like move through it quickly. And uh, if, if we get more clarity in a couple of weeks as to why that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things I saw interestingly was an LA times article talking about Triller and, you know, their troubles, like, for example, like uh, how the Tyson yes. deal, you know, was successful pay-per-view, how it fell apart, but it seems like fight, even though owned by Triller, they're on an Island on their own from what I read. Yes. They're profitable. How sort of like, you know, up to this point, are things smooth with, with fight? Uh, yes, things are, are remain smooth with fight. Uh, they've been good partners, good, reliable, and um, strong partners of GCW uh, for years now. And yes, that is true. They are owned by Triller, but they do continue to operate, like you said, on an island. There, they basically sort of operate independently. They, they're um, you know, the, the checks, if you will, that come from fight, they don't say Trilla on them. They say flips media, which is, and always has been the parent company of fight TV. So, um, I, you know, as far as I know, you know, any issues there may be with Triller and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, of course I read all the same things that you read and everybody else does both good and bad, but I don't think that what goes on with Triller or their Triller pay-per-views, I'm not sure that they have. Um, I'm not sure how much of an impact they have on fight or fights way of doing business. Sure. Um, another service that you have an existing relationship with, from what I understand, Wrestle Universe, that they've put some GCW content on their Japanese um, service. They mm-hmm. have ambitions, certainly, to grow in the U.S. They um, There was an article, I'm sure you saw a year or two ago, where you know, one of the executives wants to run Madison Square Garden one day. And um, certainly their streaming service, they said they were looking for like headhunters um, to grow their service. So I was like, that sounds interesting. I've exchanged some emails with them, even myself, just to kind of learn about it and uh, maybe do some consulting. It hasn't gotten too far, but it definitely shows the ambitions of Wrestle Universe. Um, so, and, you know, they're owned by a company that, if my Google Translate is correct, it's worth $4 billion. Mm-hmm. So have they sort of like had conversations with you? It just seems like it would make sense to like, to expand their footprint in the U S working with like a partner that they already have in GCW. Um, so yeah, wrestle universe and GCW. We're, we're kind of in a, we're in an, I, I don't know what you would call it. Maybe like a, a trial run or, um, you know, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Um, they are interested in GCW and, um, yeah, they're definitely interested in growing their, um, their, I guess, um, their visibility here in the United States. Um, 
so um yeah and ddt is is part of that and yeah i don't think people here in the united states realize how big of a company ddt really is or how big their parent company is a lot of people just think that like new japan is the king and don't get me wrong new japan is obviously a, a powerhouse but i think pe a lot of people underestimate or uh the resources that ddt has um behind them and i think that um i i imagine that i think ddt is going to start to try to do um, more and bigger things and develop a bigger process uh presence in the united states um in the coming years that's just my guess and that's just just from the very brief conversations even just you know through talking about gcw shows on um wrestle universe and who knows maybe i'll even have more to report about um, a GCW and DDT relationship sometime in the near future. Who knows? Do you think it would be fair to say that DDT's place with its parent company is kind of similar to Ring of Honor with Sinclair in that they're both like sleeping giants, that there's this huge amount of resources behind them. It necessarily hasn't been unlocked yet. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't want to try to make it seem like I follow DDT on a daily basis or anything, but, you know, just in talking to, um, you know, the intermediaries that I do talk to and just the people I know who do follow Japanese wrestling, you know, religiously. Um, I do think you're kind of right, but I think there's, I think the difference is between, um, the DDT parent company and Sinclair, uh, to ROH is that I think the DDT side and DDT's parent company actually like is into wrestling and wants to kind of cultivate it and grow it under their umbrella, um, whereas Sinclair, I think, just looked at ROH as just, again, a, you know, a syndicated TV property. And yes, there was a lot of resources and they spent a lot of money on it. But, you know, I don't think there was ever any ambition behind it other than just to fill a time slot, you know, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I, but yeah, I think I think DDT's parent company is a lot like a Sinclair with all the money, just with more, in, you know, with actual real interest in wrestling. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't want to... Uh you know, make it seem like I know more about Japanese wrestling than I as well. Um, an interesting thing, just like an industry type of question, uh, we had Brandon Blackburn of Pro Wrestling TV on just around the time they were launching. And I think mm. they sort of like, I mean, you know, you create your partnerships, you create your partnerships, but I think it was sort of unfortunate that they got Brandon wrapped up with creative control, uh, not with, with control your narrative, excuse me, not talking about our, our distributor, but with control, control your narrative um, in that it seemed like there was a lot of potential there. It went bad, uh, you know, from public perception very fast. Now they're rebranding sort of, I would say with MLW is like a nice, you know, it's a different angle to have. And certainly Maria Canell is being involved. So like just in terms of like, looking at the wrestling space, how do you like see pro wrestling TV today? Well, I have to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know how to watch them. I don't know where to watch them. I don't know what they do. Um, and again, this, and this is not, and I'm not trying to, um, slight them in any way. I just don't really know much about them. Uh, I, of course I know that they exist and I know that they were involved with, uh, control your narrative, but I don't know much more about them. And I don't even know what this MLW thing means, um and uh what the what the significance of that is i don't know and i don't know i mean maybe can you tell me anything about pro wrestling tv what did you learn talking to this guy what do they do yes 
So it's um, it's a free service. It's an app, and they uh -huh. claim to have a very wide distribution because that app apparently is distributed on you know the major services like Samsung and Pluto TV. And then there's some premium elements to the app, like you could order Triple Mania um, on Pro Wrestling TV, but you know you could order it a number of places. So I think their their main spot of business now is to get. Um, pro wrestling related content. It looks like they have a relationship with Conrad, who we'll talk about a little bit later, hopefully. But like to get on there and like a free plat, like um, ad supported platform. So it looks like that they're putting resources in there to make it happen. But you know, I don't know exactly what it means with MLW that they're moving away apparently from from YouTube, but it seems like a company like MLW that they're always seeking, you know, different deals. Right. Well, MLW, uh, MLW has, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. MLW always seems to be seeking new deals. Guess. Uh, but, um, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I guess I'm not, I, I guess I don't understand the, um, it's a free app, which I guess is great, but I don't, I guess I don't understand, uh, like what's what is there is there serious money behind this company is it owned by is there a company or is it a guy what's the where's the money yeah. come from no that's certainly john and i are curious about that brandon from what i understand he he comes from like um like a mil i don't know if you would say military intelligence or like you know that that sort of thing as well as being like a personality so i don't know if like this is being self-funded or he had raised a certain amount of money um but yeah it's it's still very much a question mark for us and you know from what i could tell i don't know if it's gotten a lot of um you know a lot of traction i think some of that was the challenge of like that unfortunate branding but again it's what partners you bring in but now you know they have probably maybe like a second go of it or uh, another opportunity at it but they don't have subscribers right it's right it's um like you could you could download on your phone the app right now and start watching so how do they how does this how does this thing make money yeah that <laughs> that's a very good question I, I wasn't sure if you had the answer for that right well you interviewed the guy did you ask him that or yeah. did he say anything about that John, do you remember anything that uh, that gave us an understanding of where uh, where the revenue was going to come from ultimately? What I surmised was that he was basically saying they were trying to do um, FAST, like they were trying to be the free ad-supported kind of thing. But mm -hmm. it didn't seem like they were on their way with as far as getting advertising on it immediately. So, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm sure that they pulled in some money and they got a decent amount of uh, – that involved but i don't know we as far I mean, as like growing it though right so to me and again i i, I don't want to suggest that these people don't know what they're doing but traditionally speaking we've seen companies with actual tv distribution that can't sell enough ad time to right yeah you know so it's like is there enough ad revenue out there through uh streaming um you know, outside of these huge major companies that can support a big network like this? I don't know. Is it out there? No, and, it's, and it's a good point because we just saw Pluto TV cancel their uh, pro wrestling channel. Did they? Right? Yeah, I thought it was... Uh...
I thought it was rock and rolling. We had um, the, a couple of the guys that do the distribution on there, but uh, they'll still they still have the AAA, they have the um, Impact, and so on. But there's no freestanding uh, uh, Pluto Wrestling Channel um, that has like uh, the collection of programming. It's being migrated over to the various like sports channels. So there'll be wrestling uh-huh. content, but there's no standalone. Yeah. People, there was people that approached me about putting our stuff on there, and I remember them saying to me, "Yeah, well, you'll get um, you get money based on the ads," and um, yeah, I just remember it not sounding like it made sense, like at all, uh, because you know I'm not about to start putting. I mean, we well, whatever. We protected the integrity of our library this whole time, you know, with the intent of um you know making it really worth something at some point um so yeah just putting it out on something like pluto or whatever where we're going to get paid maybe it where if maybe if they sell some ad time just didn't seem like a good idea for us yeah was that to the guys at mark out media mm-hmm. okay yeah we had uh we had them on um on the show uh a while ago and yeah i mean I, I think uniquely in, in that what that's what makes GCW so successful and, and obviously you'll let me know, Brett, is that it's rare content that people are actually willing to pay money for. How, yes, how, we've broken we yeah, okay, go ahead, finish what you're Oh were no, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean I don't like yeah, that's the introduction meaning saying that like when you have pay-per-view, when you have tickets, people are willing to like cross that threshold and put their dollars over. Whereas outside of WWE and AEW and like bringing in, um, you know, a name from those brands, like a legend or something like that. It's very hard for the other companies to actually have people hand over their money. Yeah. GCW. And we've been of course, very fortunate and blessed to have the support we have, but GCW has broken every mold and every tradition and every, you know, um, um, you know, all of the, traditional numbers and business that indie wrestling is supposed to do or um is you know all the ceilings gcw shattered those ceilings and um and i you know um you know i get real-time data of course and just because of our position and our success and our history um with some of these streamers you know i i know the numbers that others do as well and i know the numbers that gcw has done on fight compared to major companies as well, such as, you know, ring of honor, pre AEW and, um, TNA at certain times. And I know that, you know, as crazy as it sounds, we've been comparable with them on fight TV. Granted fight TV wasn't the only, um, outlet for those companies to be available to fans, but just knowing that like on this particular platform, we're right up there with them obviously says a lot about GCW and I don't know, maybe about them as well. Who knows? But, um, but yes, we, I mean, we're GCW's has been successful beyond what anybody has thought I think could be possible when it comes to pay-per-views and, you know, and even to this day, I always, it always amazes me that, wow, there's, there's that many people that are willing to pay this much money, you know, multiple times a month to watch our show. And of course I feel like we're giving them their money's worth and we put, you know, we reinvest, you know, so, so much money into the product and making it, um, what it is, but just knowing that there's that mu- there's that many people that are that loyal that care that much about GCW to pay um, money, literal money to watch, um, whether it's one show per month or four shows per month, 
that have been doing it for years now. Uh, and it just, it, it, again, it breaks that mold. You know, the traditional, what people tell you and what people are led to believe when you run an independent wrestling company is no, you're going to be on a subscription service and that subscription service is going to have a hundred wrestling companies and wrestling fans aren't going to pay more than nine 99 a month to watch indie wrestling. And GCW has proven that that is not true. If you put together, um, if you put a top notch product together and you, um, you know, you build and develop a following and, and um, build a, a credibility with fans and, then no, they will spend more than that. They will. You're, you're not limited to them, uh, to sharing and, and, you know, sharing your, your earnings with 30 other companies and limiting yourself to, you know, 90 cents or whatever, 50 cents an hour or whatever, you know, you know, you can actually sell pay-per-views for real money if you give them a real product and, um, you know, and you promote it and, you know, if, and you believe in it. So GCW has, again, we've proven that and we, in of course, we've been so fortunate and lucky to have the support we have. So, of course, and, and not to rehash history, like we had spoken about, like why IWTV had worked at a certain point, but then later did it. And part of it was the model. So that's all been hashed out in a number of ways. But the settlement series, I think, has been really uh, unique in that sort of like taking what could be like an awkward moment, quote unquote, and like sort of like embracing it and creating like new content in unique ways so yes any like lessons learned or, or surprises along the way about the feedback and, and the way that things have been received with the settlement series um i mean i know personally i've had fun with it and i know a lot of the people that have been a part of the shows have had a lot of fun with it and i think a lot of the fans have had fun with it um i mean of course i've seen criticism along the way but it seems like a majority of the people who have been watching the shows do enjoy them. They like how, you know, they like the, the, uh, you know, ever changing concept with each event. And just, you know, I think that they can sense the fun that we're having. And ultimately at the end of the day, um, what determines whether a show is good or not or successful or not is, you know, did people enjoy it? Did people have fun both watching it or attending it? And so far the answer has been yes. So while they've been maybe non-traditional in some ways, um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think we've accomplished the goal for everybody, for all parties, including both GCW and IWTV. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like a weird thing in that, like, yeah, these shows are literally shows that, like, we're being forced to do. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to try and we're not going to have fun and that we're not going to, um, you know, make it count. So uh, last time you were on the program, we talked about, you know, exploring the Hammerstein uh, once again. Uh, possibly in january but only if it makes sense um mm -hmm. do you have a hold now on a date and does it make sense uh no holds right now and i don't think it's going to happen this january i think that there's a couple um dominoes that i'm waiting to kind of fall in place and uh again i don't want to do it um i don't want to do it unless um unless we can do it you know do it right and do it big and um, you know, uh, I don't want to go there and do it again and sell 500 tickets or whatever. Like I want to go there for a purpose. Um, and you know, I think I have a purpose in mind, but, um, I need all the planets to align again. And I think, um, you know, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's too far off, but I don't want to do it until I'm hundred percent ready. So we've continued to be in, you know, I, I continue to have a good relationship with the Manhattan center. And I talk to my contact there every once in a while, and I think, um, yeah, again, when the time is right, it's going to happen. Cool. Um, but uh, I just don't know when yet.
So um, when Conrad was, uh, Conrad Thompson, of course, was booking his Flair Weekend and was talking about the various relationships that he had, he actually, um, you know, shared a, a fair amount of insight how long he's known you and how he's been a fan and so on. So sort of how did that come about in terms of uh, promoting on, on that weekend? And also just like, what's your feeling? Where is he going next? Is he going to be an ongoing promoter like they've been hinting? Yeah, it's funny you ask because I actually just I was backstage at Triple Mania with Conrad and we were talking about future plans and um, catching up. Um, so, you know, uh, of course, I've heard probably all the things that you've heard and all the uh, rumors and innuendo, if you will, about what he's going to do next. And I think the truth is that I think I don't think Conrad even necessarily knows what is exactly next. I think he has a lot of ideas, both big and small. Um, and I think there's a lot of different directions that he could go. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, again, he's, he, he's not going to force anything. I think Conrad's opportunistic and he's going to wait for that right opportunity. And, you know, if, uh, if the opportunity on whatever this time frame doesn't work out, then he'll wait for the next one, which we've seen him do. Um, and at least I personally have seen him do numerous times. Um, you know, he's very calculated and he's very smart and, um, you know, he's, he's not interested in playing small ball, you know, if that makes sense. He, when he does something, Conrad does it big. Uh, so, um, I do, I mean, certainly I think he's going to do, I mean, obviously Starcast. I think he'll be back and I, I think he will have more events. Uh, I, you know, again, I just do, I, I don't know exactly when, of course I've heard lots of, um, you know, ideas and dates and places thrown around, but, um, again, like, I don't, I really don't think that, um, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that, um, anybody really knows what's next because I think Conrad's still deciding what's next. So in planning what's next planning of 2023, um, we know based on somebody trying to cause trouble on Twitter that about your relationship in AC that you have basically the whole you have the whole year booked we know that you have the collective in la um what's next returns to markets new markets anything beginning to take shape besides those things mm -hmm. yeah um there's like so much i'm trying to figure out for 2023 um i think one thing we're going to see in 2023 is kind of a full uh i think i think way more international dates i think we're going to see um, I think we're going to return to some countries, expand our relationships in other countries and go into new countries. Um, I have, I, I've, um, I've been in kind of ongoing talks with no fewer than three other countries, three new countries, um, just in the last you know month or two months alone. And it's, um, I, I think it's just, uh, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, and it's trying to just, you know, match up the logistics and how's it going to go and when's it going to go and where's it going to go in what order and, um, you know, trying to line those all up with, while still maintaining our, our schedule domestically, you know, it's a lot of work. And, um, but I think that that's where 2023 is headed. Uh, of course, we'll try to hit new markets here in the United States. Um, and of course, we'll try to remain strong in our favorite markets already or that we're already in. So, um, yeah, I just think a lot of, you know, yeah, uh, for 2023, I mean, I can certainly say I don't think we're going to slow down. 
So, you know, it was interesting to hear the announcement of WrestleMania weekend in Philadelphia in 2024, I believe, because we had the mm-hmm. relationship, uh, we had the discussion about like Philadelphia and, and sort of like generally how you're serving that market with Atlantic City and, and other markets as well. So it's not the main priority right now. Have you begun to think about what you would do that weekend? Yeah, I've thought about it a little bit, of course. Um, but um, it's just so far away. And, um, you know, of course, I'm excited about it. And, you know, I want to get right on it. But it's it's like I we're still, you know, five months away from the 2023 collective. And we have still, have, you know, we need to put our time and energy into making this one as a major success before I start getting too far ahead of myself on 2024 um so yeah you know of course i've thought about it and we have ideas but you know my focus remains on los angeles which is uh which is by the way of course um a strong uh you know a strong market for gcw as it is and it's um you know it's our home away from home uh it's los angeles so i love la and i love the the fans in LA and I'm, I'm actually really excited for to bring the collective there and for all those fans out there to get not just the collective, but all the other wrestling that's going to be in town that weekend, because there are a lot of really passionate fans in Southern California and all of California for that matter. And I think the West coast in general, I think we're going to see people traveling from, you know, whatever, all over the West coast that are going to finally have something in their neck of the woods. So I think it's going to be fun. And I, I hope, I think and I hope it's going to kind of help bring and generate that buzz back to Mania Weekend that um, not not to say we've been lacking it, but I think, you know, I think it could get back to that fever pitch that we were seeing in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 prior to COVID uh, wiping out the original Tampa. Um, So um, I I think it's good. I think it's going to be exciting. And I think um, I think everybody's going to benefit. It's a good little um, it's a good change of pace taking it out to the West Coast. So the last question for me before I turn it over to John is more of a holistic one. Um, I love the band Green Day, and I've recently been reading articles and, and books about them to try and learn even more. And one of the things that I read that was really interesting was about the um, the punk rock scene in the um, early 90s in, in L.A. and, you know, small clubs and so on. And there was this sense of community, this sense of belonging, and... When I think about GCW, um, I think not, you know, not about the violence, which people that are a couple steps removed, like if they don't have that connection to learn about, but really about the sense of community that's being built, whether it's Luis Perez from PW Ponderings, who posts about going to shows with someone named Bagelmonger and then, you know, shows the community that he has and pictures after the shows. And I think that's what's really about. Do you agree that the success of GCW is about community building? Definitely, one hundred percent. A lot of GCW fans. We, you know, one thing that we do great is bringing in new fans. Um, you know, every show I meet people who are at their first independent wrestling show or their first GCW show, and of course we love that. But um, yes, the the sense of community in that um, there are some GCW fans and some uh, some fans who have been coming to GCW shows for years, and you know they circle certain weekends on the schedule, you know, or reoccurring weekends every year where it's like they look forward and know that you know this is going to be the weekend where they see all their longtime friends that they've been going to shows for years with, and there has been definitely a community that has grown out of it. Um, 
a community that's, you know, um, hard for even me to keep up with at times, you know, like there was a time when we first started where I knew every fan by name, you know, or, or at least I, I knew the names of every fan at least, you know, just because I would receive every, you know, at one time, every ticket for GCW was purchased through PayPal, you know? So it's like, I used to see the same names over and over. Um, and you know, I, I, at one time I knew, you know, almost every fan, um, but it's grown so much now that there's these communities, you know, not just at home in New Jersey, where there's these, you know, we have these, you know, homecoming weekend, for example, in Atlantic City at the show. But I mean, these are huge events for the fans, not just for the wrestling, but they're, they're, um, they're, you know, community events. It's like family reunions for these people. And they look forward to it and they talk about it for months. And, you know, they hang out out on the boardwalk, you know, in between the shows. And, you know, they come in a night or two early or they'll stay a night late. And, you know, there are people that just, you know, they have their routines, the things they like to do on showboat weekends. And it's as much about hanging out and seeing everybody as it is um, the show itself. And, you know, we've started to see now, I start to see that same community in other markets now, you know, like I now recognize people in Detroit and I recognize people in Los Angeles um, or, you know, whatever the Midwest in general, you see some of the same faces and then you know you kind of see how those core groups grow and on top of that the one thing that i think has been so great and and pivotal and key to gcw's growth is that these kind of hardcores and these communities they're very welcoming to new fans and i've i've mean i've seen it i've witnessed it firsthand and i read about it you know people saying how you know uh, i'll see twitter your tweets about it you know finally got to attend my first show was so you know i've never felt so welcome at a wrestling event met so many great people and you know um you've seen it so often you know it's sometimes you can take that stuff for granted but i make sure that i you know that you know i, I make sure to really you know, I, I try to save a lot of those. I remind myself, like, these are, this is the difference maker. This is what sets GCW apart. And I'm, I'm always so thankful that our fans do that and our fans are like that. And our fans, you know, these hardcores are, that's part of growing GCW is bringing new people in and making them feel welcome so that they in turn tell other people and bring new fans. And that's where GCW has changed the game, so to speak. That's where we're different. And, and that is something that we owe directly to our fans. So, for Brett, sure. what's, thank you, Brett. John, what's uh, next for you as far as shows? And obviously, give us a rundown where everybody can get tickets and follow you guys on social. Mm-hmm. So, this weekend, we are in Detroit and Columbus, uh, and then uh, so Detroit will be at Harpo's, which, uh, of course, is a historic venue for uh, in Detroit, where pretty much every uh hair metal band in the last uh 50 years has played at some point um it's just a historic cool venue the people that have been there know and if you haven't been there and you're in you know within driving distance definitely i recommend coming there again not just for gcw but just to see gcw in an atmosphere like that it's very cool it's very different and it's very fun our wrestlers love wrestling there uh it's just a very unique experience um but we will be uh so yeah we're there saturday night and then we go back to columbus on sunday uh columbus this will be our second time in columbus our first time there was awesome uh fans were really cool very appreciative and um, i'm expecting much of the same tickets for both events are on sale now you can um just go to social media all, all all of our posts on twitter and instagram have the link to tickets um after that we go to los angeles next weekend 
where we will see a steel cage match, which is going to be sick. It's our first one in, in Los Angeles. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, tickets are of course also on sale, which you can find, uh, on social media, uh, after Los Angeles, uh, we actually have, that'll be our first weekend off on November, the weekend of November, whatever, fifth and sixth, I think it is. That'll be the first weekend off for me in, I don't know, three months. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and we'll have a nice little, uh, yeah, a nice little weekend at home for once. And then it's back on the grind. We go back to Chicago and Milwaukee for the NGI Nick Gage Invitational uh, on Saturday, November 12th, Milwaukee on November 13th. And then I'll take you one more weekend further. The following weekend, we have uh, a settlement series event along with JCW on Saturday, the 19th of November in Boonton, New Jersey. And then Sunday, November 20th is our big return to fat music hall in providence and i have to tell you tickets well tickets go on south friday and i have to tell everybody the lineup for this event is going to be huge just uh, i don't all a lot of planets and a lot of stars aligned when i was booking out this date and um it's 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 going to be a very star-studded lineup even for gcw standards so i'm really looking forward to that show we sold out the first time there that's where will osprey versus nick wayne happened um and then uh yeah so uh this this show is going to be equally as big and again, I think I wouldn't be surprised if this one sells out as well. So um, be ready to order tickets on Friday. And um, I look forward to seeing everybody there. A couple weeks after that, yeah, we'll be in St. Louis. Tickets aren't on sale yet. They'll see something next week. Uh, and then we'll we'll be in L.A. again in December. And then we'll go New Year's Eve back to Atlantic City. And that'll wrap up the year for us. Awesome stuff, Brett. Wow, this is great. Got an awesome episode 100, your fourth time on, but uh, definitely looking forward to what GCW has to bring next. But, Brett, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and I'm happy to come back anytime. Awesome. So let's hit thanks, the plug, Bobby. Yes. Plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. It's Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. Lobby, what do you got? Follow me on Twitter, L-A-V-I-E-M-A-R-G, Lavi Marg. And we are the official business podcast of SE Scoops. Um, we'd like to thank uh, MKW and uh, Title Match Network for their uh, sponsorship and support, especially for joining us in episode 100. All right. Great stuff here. Episode 100. Thank you, Lavi. And thank you, Brett. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. We'll see you right back here next time for a little business of the business. We'll see you next week, folks.
This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.